RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, it's Friday morning, and it's the morning, or, or one of the mornings. In fact, I look forward to every morning, but one of the mornings I, I look forward to because we have our political panel, and you never quite know what's going to happen. Uh, but we know who's on. Marty Gibson joins us this morning. Hi, Marty. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hey. And Olivia Pearson. Hi, Olivia. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? Good. You're looking happy. I can see your face. You're looking happy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Is there any reason? Well, the move toward the right that oh, I'm seeing um, yeah. in the in the Western world is making me feel quite happy. But I'm sure not everybody feels the same way. Okay, and well, I let's say, see. Cry harder. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's start on one of the burning issues covered this week here, right here at RCR, the downtown car park building. I thought we'd get the biggies out of the way first. Anything to say uh, about that? Who, who'd have thought that a car park building would be such an issue? Yeah. Yeah, true. Maddie. Anyone who's tried to find a car park in Auckland, probably. <laughs> right. I, I was in, in Auckland a few weeks ago, and um, I, I was seeing for the first time all the uh, conversion of the streets, especially in, in that downtown uh, area bottom of queen line. street right yeah just mm. and people always say oh these stupid people no one's using the cycle lanes i always say it's not for when people want to use cycle lanes it's for when they've got no choice but to use cycle lanes and i would Good say point. you know the the uh the uh brouhaha about the car park building is probably uh, a similar thing the uh Obviously, there's been that uh, the uh, intervention uh, with the developer uh, Andrew Crookzainer, who uh, wants to rescue the building and save the council some cash. He says by just building the two new buildings on top of it. But it was very telling, you know, when uh, Patrick Reynolds, who's the deputy chair of the city centre advisory panel to the council, said um, that. Uh, the conditions of sale of this car park include opening up the ground uh, plane to public walkways, no. which is inconsistent with having a car parking building blocking the whole site. Uh, so just on the surface, that wouldn't be consistent with the city centre master plan. Master, so the master plan. plan. The agenda. Yeah. The agenda is that you won't be able to drive. Yeah, we don't Except like that they will be able to drive, or, or they'll get their $10,000 per year in, in taxi chits, so they'll be all right, those guys. But, yeah, for the rest of us, hmm. Yeah. No, so it's the war on cars, isn't it, um, taken to an extreme level. And that was such a good interview with Andrew Crooksina, I thought, Paul, that you did. And for anybody that wants the details about the story, you couldn't do better than listening to that interview with you. It was and, surgical. It was absolutely surgical. Yeah, and, and Crooksina is such a great speaker as yeah. well. Um, but, you know, it is the ongoing agenda of the greeny, greenified left greenwash left um, to, you know, make war on cars and make it as inconvenient as possible. So that whole um, 
demolition, because that's what that means of that building, right? And then Andrew Cruxena mentioned that the, what they want to do for the plan of it to, to continue into another kind of car park um, is that they dig four stories down yeah. Yeah. into unstable, reclaimed land. Below the water table. Yeah, below, the water below the water table. Below the water table there. Hmm. Yeah, and um, what could sense. possibly go wrong with that, do you think, in an era of, you know, floods and weird things without, you know... Being being green weather. and being passionate on, on eliminating cars and having cycleways is one thing, but being so bloody bad at business... Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter that you're losing... What did he say? 130, 180 million? Yeah, no, uh, well over 100 it million. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and they've undervalued everything as well, um, you know, with regards to the, the, the financials and stuff. But um, great that Voices for Freedom have drawn attention to this and, of course, um, Andrew Coxena and stuff. And um, Well, yesterday they were banning the media and the good? public. They were banning the media and the public yesterday from the Yeah, they don't want transparency. Um, Boy. Yeah. So, so is this whole? Where does? Can someone enlighten me? Where does Wayne Brown sit on this whole thing? Is this his deal? Pass. Yeah, I, I don't think he's particularly chimed into it that I've heard. Maybe it's not the hill to die on for him yet. Mm, yeah, well, his, it's the thing with getting congestion charges, and the way he explains it makes sense. So there was a great interview with him on Leighton Smith uh, last week, and. Um, he was saying, you know, it's a lot cheaper than building roads, getting people to reconsider whether they take the journeys at peak times. Yeah, it's, uh, that's reasonable. But, I mean, Tauranga is uh, looking at, at congestion charges for almost everywhere. Can't you save it just with free freaking public transport? Well, just bite the blimmin' bullet. Once the thing is never the thing, Paul. You know, the, the, your interview with uh, the chap who wrote the book about the Great Reset, uh, for the and bio yep. um, economic Simon Elmer, yeah, yep. great interview. Um, and his his uh, thing was exactly that. It's not about uh, reducing congestion so much as it is about having a system that reads number plates and tracks yep. where vehicles oh, are going. Dear, the thing is never the thing. That it 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 is the absolute personification of what they call build back better. But rather than it being a truly derelict or um, something that needs building back, these th these people are sabotaging. The council is sabotaging um, a perfectly decent parking building in order to build something back that they think is better. That's just a ridiculous, um, you know, concept. And and it's all yeah, it's all about traffic. It, it's the green agenda um, to. Uh, make war on cars and to get people away from driving into the city. But it's it, once you do that, you, you're actually killing the city, aren't you? Well, well, the city sort of seemed to be on its last legs. It is. There. It's yeah. re really looking shabby. I, oh, it's I, um, bloody shabby. Yep. I, I, and you look at those old pictures of Queen Street, you know, from the 60s, 70s. I'm on a mm. few of these Facebook groups that put up archive pictures of places around New Zealand. Yeah. And it, it's just so... Vibrant, they're just people everywhere. It's bustling. So well dressed, so there slim. are beautiful old trolley yeah. buses in the street, old Austin Eleven. Untattooed, <laughs> you know. Bring it back. Oh, Smoking proper cigarettes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, so Paul's sitting there going, "I've got to get back to the sixties, man." Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, seventies probably more like, but yeah, any time <laughs> around there. But the point I'm making is, it was alive. 
It was alive. It was alive and it was clean and it was civilized. And it, I, I remember doing family shop shopping sprees on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah, farmers. late night shopping, mate. Yeah. A man could work digging ditches and support a wife at home and family and still go out three or four nights a week and get drunk at the pub. And have two cars. And own a house. Great days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to spoil all that. And they and they want to lose ratepayers' money. This is the thing I Well, I that's don't... the evil, isn't it? It's, you know. Yeah. Where, that's where it's um, we pay for it in our rates. and um, They don't care about that, though. No, they don't give us stuff about any kind of fiscal responsibility. But hasn't that been the way of the last 30 years at least? It's like a oh, sabotage. Thought, when, they, when Auckland kept voting Phil Goff or Len Brown, I just thought, well, don't come and whining when uh, you Mr. wind Mr. up in debt. Kiwis like people who look like safe, you know, safe. They were Mr. 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 Safe, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Phil Goff always just creeped me out with his insect eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we've got Pfizer eyes to deal with. <laughs> A lot of them have. All right, fluoride. Bing. Yeah. That's interesting, it's interesting, isn't it? You you were saying there's been a lot of content uh, on uh, Reality Check Radio about has. about yep. fluoride. Yeah, it's 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 a tough thing with the social contract broken to the extent it is now to trust mass medication by the government. You know, whether and there are there are no some mass medication by the government, but a decision made without considering the Bill of Rights, which sort of covers compulsory mass medication. Yeah. In its sort of orbit, but no, not a thought. Remember, the High Court said didn't give consideration. Not yeah, a thought. Despite that, our unelected representatives in in Tauranga Council, headed up by uh, the Right Honourable Anne Tolly, are pushing ahead with it. Yeah. So, so that you know, it's a double bit of non-democratic uh, freedom. I mean, there's yeah. there are recent studies that have been published that. Um, seem to strengthen the link between drop in, in IQ and uh, fluoridation. And there's also the, um, they did a data analysis of about a thousand in children, adolescents in Alaska. Um, and uh, yeah, ca cavities certainly increased after they took it out um, by about 25%. But you know, the big problem is the carb-heavy diet, especially sugar, especially sweet soda drinks, and ineffective yep. education. So uh, it's, uh, I guess it's the theme, the thing is never the thing. And if you look at how just indolent our politicians are about addressing our shock. That's one of the snakes on the snakes and ladder board, I remember, indolence. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. uh, the, the education well, the long ones. system. <laughs> they, they don't care. That it seems to suit them just fine to have a population that's just dumb enough to keep voting for WEF assets like Ardern and Hipkins because they tell them they're kind. So how long has fluoride, fluoridation been in our water supply? Late 50s. Right, so all our lifetimes. Yeah, well, um, not, not all water supplies, but many. Yeah, it's not naturally in the water in New Zealand. It's 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 naturally in the water in Ethiopia. They did a big study there. They got great something tea, like fifteen parts per million, and the recommended rate is about one point five. But I mean, we've got other sources of fluoride. Uh, if you eat uh, chicken that's been deboned, 
uh, by machines. It's got fluoride in it. If you, Didn't know that. I, I remember having a friend that lived on a farm, and I used to stay on their farm. And because she was a farm girl, they didn't have fluoride in the water. And she had the most beautiful teeth. Yeah, um, there's no, there, there's no, actually no, no. But she, but the point was, is that she um, every morning she would take fluoride tablets. Oh gosh, I'm glad I stopped. And of course, <laughs> me being a city kid, I said one day, "Oh, what are you, what are you doing?" And she said, oh, I've got to deal with my parents. If I have no fillings by the time I'm 21, they'll buy me X. So, such so such. they forced her to take fluoride. That's nice. Well, I mean, it was um, considered a recommended thing, right? Oh, I know. My grandmother was a, d- a dental nurse and she just always pushed it. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the thinking back in the day. That but whether it works or not, you can't put stuff in the water supply like that, can you? Well, not without. Um... No, no, you just can't. Sorry. Well, they, they do put chlorine in our water supply as well um, in tiny right. doses, which yeah, actually well, cleans the waters, and, and I don't actually have a problem with it. They, mm. Try and avoid um, these things if you can, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, if they're going to put chemicals in the water, which they do, then surely that's a debate that people can have. Or Yeah, it's the patronising cutting off of the debate that always bugs me, or the, you know. It, it's the, we're doing this for your good, so be quiet. Yeah, but, but they're not, what, because their evidence bad. doesn't support it, so it's BS what they say. Right. It's a follow-the-money, habitual mantra kind of loop of behaviour that they can't break out of. Yeah, if you educated kids about drinking soft drinks and the effect it has on you, you know, apart from your teeth, uh, you, you've got the, the problems that, you're still looking for the calories at the end of the day. Insulin resistance, diabetes. high fructose corn syrup that doesn't stimulate, doesn't tell you you've had the calories. So you're going to inevitably get fat drinking them. Yeah, yeah. And the caffeine. The number of kids I see drinking those huge whopping great cans of of V or Rockstar. And disgusting bubble tea. The Asians will drink their bubble tea and stuff. It's just vile stuff. It's poison. But getting back, I guess the point was is that the court case – um, was beautiful in the in, in the sense that Ashley Blomfield actually was reproached and um, because he did not factor in our Bill of Rights. Exactly. And that that is a principle. Didn't even consider it. <laughs> no. So that, that shows you how beyond democracy they seems are. To me, it people. seems to be a pattern emerging with this yeah. chap of that kind of thing. Was he quoted yeah. as, as asking, is that still a thing? <laughs> well, he was off to Geneva. Yeah. The epicenter of evil of the world. Yeah, so. they'd be surprised if it was still a thing. But um, so excellent that the judge actually gave it the, the position it should be in, right? And now you've got councils who, well, Rotorua Council have put a stop in the meantime to see um, what could happen. I think. Um, well, they the should fun- seek the advice of their communities and see what they want. You'd think. Um, yeah, I mean, that talk- would be democratic. Well, we've talked to Fluoride Free NZ, and there have been plenty of. Um, of uh, occasions where the community have had their say, overwhelmingly against, and they haven't been listened to at all. So Mm. there's kind of no point in doing that. It takes, to get people's attention, you need something like this. But uh, Whangarei, uh, District Councillor, saying, no, we um, that's what the High Court says. We, we await further instructions from the Health Department. So the Health Department has higher standing than the High or Supreme Court in, in their mind. So this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. And imagine um, what they'll put in our water if we lose our sovereignty to the who. <laughs> you know? Any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, mRNA 
anything that could be turned into an mRNA um, product would be stuck in our water. They they love putting stuff in the water and they love testing the wastewater. What is this obsession? Yeah. With, you know, <laughs> that was incredible, wasn't Who it? Who are we these people? Tested Gisborne's <laughs> wastewater and said, "There's two people with COVID." It's like, uh, how the and why do you have to stick a uh, nasal swab right up on that little sort of thin bone between the nose and the brain to find out? It's insane. Yeah, okay, measure. All right. Um, do let's they still move. do that? Let's oh, let, let's move to um, the COVID wave here in New Zealand, number five, number eight COVID wave in Australia, apparently. Michael Baker has been on local media. We know what media we're talking about. It was a case of dumb and dumber, Michael <laughs> Baker and the other guy. Um, it reminded me of the movie, though the movie was – oh, no, the humour is about the same, I guess. Yeah, probably. So um, uh, no, nothing to see here when he was asked about – and it sounded like – the first Michael, the dumb Michael, rather than the dumber Michael, and the dumber. Um, um, kind of was hearing about this for the first time, which surprises me. When you're a genius, you should know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, Michael Baker. Um, but he, then, when he, he when he when he suggested that these regulations were um, could do what we all know that they can do, or, or possibly could do whatever, Michael Baker was he, he sort of tripped over it very lightly. Nothing to see here. Kind of made a few generic, almost prepared. Uh, answers uh, the so that and that was the dumber response to the dumb the dumb came back and said okay then and that was it yeah so um <laughs> he obviously wasn't being interviewed by anybody who knew about the issue very well um so my michael baker he keeps saying there is nothing new going on here there's nothing new defying the meaning of words where new amendments strongly indicate something actually is new i just mm. couldn't get past that mm. um, yeah, yeah. He, yeah what yeah yeah you've got new amendments going through on international health regulations proposed amendments i should say um and you know he's so busy trying to say there's nothing new nothing to look at here but there obviously is hence the new amendments and he poo-pooed vff's concerns regarding the amendments to the who pandemic treaty which have been pretty well spelled out in kirsten murphy's petition yep. and her campaign against that um so you know dumb and dumber were pretty much saying you know that this is all just conspiracy theorists and paranoid misinformation any question around the sovereignty of our nations under the who's um one health treaty um remember this is all coming from tedros Ghebreyesus, so who's a marxist war criminal yeah. and who keeps reminding us in tweets that a climate crisis is a health crisis and we know how much these control freaks like to preach about the climate crisis so they can then apply lockdowns and authoritarian measures to those as they did to COVID-19, which proved to be a big nothing burger. So um, regarding the implementation of the regulations in the proposed amendments, they have ominously reviewed, I'm going to say this again because Kirsten's made this point many times and it needs to keep being made. They want they the wording in the amendments, the proposed amendments, they've removed the words, the phrase, with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of persons. 
which are perfectly no, in nothing line new with there. Nothing new there. Human rights, nothing and replace new. them with the weasel words, quote, based on the principles of equity, inclusivity, mm. coherence, and in accordance with their common but differentiated responsibilities of the state's parties, Whatever. taking into consideration their social and economic development. That's the clunky flipping weasel word coherence? phrase. Coherence? Mm. Oh, it's I mean, so the, the incoherent. Other- the other aspect that didn't get even a look in in the discussion. Can I just finish one little bit on that, Marty? Okay, go it's for just it. um, so they saw fit to take out full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of persons. Why would anyone do that? That's a very bad portent of having our rights overridden, which we now have a living example and experience of. Uh, which became our reality. So, and that it was only three years ago. So this is meant to be a critical analysis. That's what the whole thing is. Um, The whole, we're meant to take on board any kind of legislation, especially from supranational bodies like the WHO, um, with a critical uh, evaluation. And this is what... uh, Michael Baker showed in that interview that they are not up for a critical evaluation no, he knows, of what our country is But the grants, the grants amount to too much, and the gravy train of earning money being a science communicator has been too good. Well, so he's either ignorant or he's lying, right? What do you think? Yeah, well, well he denies any that they could um, undermine national sovereignty in a binding agreement. And when you consider that I Ashley, think Bloomfield he's lying. Is in, uh, Ashley Bloomfield is in the middle of it, and look what he's done, and, <laughs> and there's the blur, I think. You yeah. know, you can't trust these guys as far as you can throw them, unfortunately. No. So, All right, Marty, what were you going to say? Oh, the, the thing that didn't get a look in was the extent to which uh, the WHO's policies are influenced by their donors. And 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 that's a critical Gates uh, thing. Pfizer. Pharmaceutical companies, I think, number two, Garvey, the Gates, Garvey, Bill, yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, so it's, it's not uh, based on scientific efficacy or medical need it's based largely what what they're doing is based on commercial interests and and james rogowski just calls it simply a business model a pharma business model global business model yeah and and if if we can't openly discuss or question that without uh having pejoratives heaped on us uh there's something very 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 wrong wrong and suspicious so um remember there's the secret sources aspect to this because i i i I put a thing on my blog ages ago months and months ago about exactly this and you know it says under article 9 the who can rely on undisclosed sources for information which lead it to declare a public health emergency undisclosed so that's eh? when you would get garvey or bill gates or big pharma chiming in going oh we've got this problem and everyone has to take it seriously and exactly as to marty's point that they will be doing that for yes sir yeah yeah uh, until he monetary- sells stocks which is what he yeah. did with uh, his stocks in, in the COVID vaccines. And they said, well, actually, they're not that good. And, you know, we're going to get better next time for the next wave. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> you didn't quite yeah. sound as pathetic as he sounded there, but it was no, close. And, and the hand-waving thing he does. You'd think that Melinda would take her name off that foundation. Yeah. Maybe she's still all in. Well, okay. So, so that's the worst of all things, right? You get um, a depopulation agenda because that's what, we're under and that's what this is moving toward and um and combined with money 
to mm. the degree that these things are funded. And that's Fascism. Just, it's just lethal for the average person. Well, I'm just looking forward to the next, uh, well, the sequel to Dumb and Dumber. Well, and also I just want to make the point again that under Article 12, when the WHO receives that undisclosed information concerning a purported public health threat in a member state, say like New Zealand, the Director General, and that's Tedros, may, and it doesn't say must, it says may, may consult with the WHO Emergency Committee and the member state. However, he, she, can unilaterally declare a potential or actual public health emergency of international concern. So the Director General's authority replaces mm -hmm. national sovereignty right there. He, mm -hmm. um, Nothing to so, say. But, you know, the other really weird thing in that interview was when he said um, uh, New Zealand succeeded in having an incredibly yep. low mortality rate right through to today by doing yep. more than the WHO asked. Show me the data <laughs> on that because every bit of data I've seen suggests the exact opposite, that we're kind of up around well, between so eight and ignorance or how you, something else. Or is it lying? No. Well, <laughs> okay. neither is acceptable. Either he's either dumb or uh, a liar. Yeah. Or maybe okay. he's holding some data that would make his case better, in which case he's dumb. Well, I mean, and anyway, let's have the debate. The, these amendments have been designed to undermine national sovereignty, right? Um and and they and they will have been written that way for a reason. You do not empower a director general of the WHO this way in the text, as the texts read, without that meaning something really flipping material, like yeah. really meaning. And the changing of the language, so there's a way more wiggle room to ignore. Yeah, and and the point is, is sorry, I'm repeating myself, but yep. we ha it has to be critically evaluated, and that's what Kirsten's been doing. And that's what others have been that's doing. That's what we've all been trying to do. But the problem yeah. is, is getting, you know, your average man, woman, whatever on the street to to light up to this, to know that well, there's, there's so something going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, know. there's, you can find uh, World Economic Forum's articles on the need for depopulation, which come back to their Club of Rome origins. And you can find um, you can find articles about the need for negative economic growth, and so people go, "Oh, Labor really messed it up." So did they? No, they, we, we ended up second to last in the follow world. The for plan, growth, follow, follow the plan, mate. Follow the plan. We ended up uh, with down thirty percent in terms of our live birth rate. You know, she did a sterling job. You it's think Michael Bacon is aware of that? He should be aware of that. She did a sterling job according to their deceitful agenda, Marty, but we're still all operating on the principles of the free world. And, you know, for as long as I draw breath, that's where I'm going to come from in this didn't life. Didn't she say, isn't she quoted as saying she suffered from imposter syndrome? Yeah, well, there you go. What, what is that why. exactly? When you think you're... Kind of can't quite believe Don't, you're in a you, role. And you can't. Like, well, Kurt Cobain had it with um, Nirvana, right, because he was only half talented and, you know, suddenly shot to rock star, you know, world rock star fame with a mo medium talent, which he knew he had. I had a great um, sense of melody. And in a oh, – all right. Um, but, I mean, Is, she, is she trying to get ahead of something? You know, but, start but to these people the ground, end up not you know? doing well. Um, I don't know. They – People have imposter syndrome for a reason, I think, and it's yeah. because they know they're not quite worth the, the, the glory that they get in those moments. Okay. All right. Um, let's let's move to the um, um, the coalition 
negotiations, arrangements, whatever. We are expecting something probably within hours now. Though news this morning, I notice, is reporting uh, legislation bonfire planned for first 100 days. And yesterday, the media were talking about who's going to be the deputy prime minister. I want to be the deputy oh, it's prime so, minister. It's so funny, though, that they... Oh, I want to be. I know, but that's just the media's dumb take. Oh, I, I know. I don't, I don't know. think, yeah. I mean, who, I don't think Winston and David are in there, you know, like vying to be... You can imagine Winston it's... and David like, okay, you make my bed for the next eight months and we might have a deal. Oh, no, and I want breakfast. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it. They'll do. I think they're vying for much. I think there are, you know, foreign affairs would be a biggie. Well, you'd put Winston in there if you were really serious, wouldn't you? Well, I always hope that that's what he'd get. Or as Cam's pointed out, Attorney General. Yep. You well, know, that's broadcasting. Broadcasting yeah. Attorney General. That inquiry has to happen. Well, if he I doesn't get Jones that across take- the line, it was a waste of time. I'm telling you. Mm. Yeah that 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 would be a bitter blow. Yeah. That's yeah. my hill. Okay, so um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk a bit about uh, how this has been reported. It's been like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? For about the last three weeks. Well, I mean, New Zealand moves a lot faster than other countries with um, MMP, like Holland yeah. or Germany. Yeah, we're yeah. moving faster than we did in two thousand and seventeen as well. I think Marie worked out that took twenty seven days or twenty eight days, and I think we're at twenty two, twenty three. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. And and anyway, I like that these negotiations have taken their time. That seems like a good thing to me. We are up against many forces. We're not acting in our democratic interest has become normal, as we've just been talking about. Um, and I think Peters and Seymour could be a formidable balance on Sounds the spineless. Like and now, was- Peters and Seymour, <laughs> please raise a hand or whatever. There was Peters well, and Lee. Anything- there used to be Peters and Lee back in the day. Peters and <laughs> right. Seymour. There you go. But um, yeah, I mean, it's driving the Greens and Labour. You know, I, well, no. If if you, they could be a formidable force against the spineless globalism of Luxon yeah. and National, and it will drive the Greens and Labour nuts, which will be worth more than a circus ticket. What, watching heads explode. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they they have to. Um, and they should have done this all through the campaign. They've got to just grab that mantle of being kind and being good and being nice to people off the left. You know, you, you can see they haven't. They've left us with $100 billion of debt, interest rates up, inflation. It's not kind. It's awful. It's brutal. Yeah. A, a failing education system that's condemning uh, people to, to uh, not fulfil their potential. Yeah, experience literacy through experience literacy through dance. I'd yeah. call it um, as Lindsay Perigo's always called it. Um, education is just nothing more than child molesters of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So we'll see what happens. Um, how, how do you think um, you know the media reaction will be to this? Well, even they didn't see it coming in the first broadcasting, place. Right? I don't it care. It will be to fill their pants. And they should. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. an interesting one. Okay. The tone, the tones really uh, changed a fair bit. Uh, I've noticed that. Well, the yeah, because denigrating. There, there's uh, so many job cuts, right? And now there may be more. Well, if you were Paul Thompson at RNZ, you'd be thinking, uh, "What am I? What do I do here?" Mm. In fact, that whole gang. Anyway. All right. So um, the move to the right. 
Argentina and the Netherlands. It's How so? Ah, I know. So this is one of the reasons I look so happy is uh, <laughs> what's going on in Holland right now um, and what has just taken place in Argentina with uh, Javier Millet being elected. Yep. And um, as president, uh, he's an economics professor um, and a a self-confessed anarcho-capitalist libertarian. Uh, They've never been keen on the state as a concept at all, you know, in general. So he's a very unusual and flamboyant personality that they call the wig. (laughs) Yeah, his hair. That hair is on fire. He needs some dapper Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Or Michael Wood could send him uh, some product. Yeah. but what a firebrand. So he's Malay has called China an assassin regime. Yeah. Uh, he wants to strictly limit official ties with China. Uh, they China is their second largest trading partner next to Brazil. Uh, he's pro-American and anti the CCP, which is great in terms of what the free world used to represent. Um a great leap in the right direction for chronically socialist Argentina. Remember, they've since the 1940s, the uh, Juan and Eva Perón set the tone of you Aaronist. know socialist. Yep. Yep. Um, really, really awful communist. One hundred forty-three percent inflation. Oh, yeah. it was before that as well. Uh, they they nationalised a whole lot of stuff. South America never really understood the capitalist idea. Um, great beef, though. It's amazing how close it sits to America, yet so poles apart in the economics. He wants to dollarize the economy, right? He wants to... Yeah, he wants to give the US dollar US and dollar. move away yep. from the peso, and he, he definitely doesn't want BRICS or to be part of BRICS. And, um, and they got Lula next door. Yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? Um, putting them totally out of step with neighbouring Brazil, which is, you know, as I've said before, their latest trading partner. I don't even know how that works, but... I will say um, I'm not a big fan of anarcho-capitalism. Um, it's pretty extreme in its concept. What, tell us quickly what it is. Well, uh, back in the day, about 15, 20 years ago, when Lindsay's site was solopassion.com and absolutely in its heyday, I mean, there were hundreds of people from all over the world communicating there all the time, and it was all philosophical. It was very libertarian. Um, and there were a lot of anarcho-capitalist types that would chime in and come into debate and far out, I'll tell you, they were very hard debaters. Um, they're really, really smart. They're really well-read philosophically. Um, they're savvy. Um, they know they're Rothbard. They know they're Ayn Rand. Uh, they know they're Jefferson. They know they know the founding of their country. Um, and i got to say, it was really good debating those people. But because they um, are so hostile to all things the state, they believed in private agencies running everything from security to policing and through to ra- roads, uh, you name it. We've got they, that. They re- they really only saw um, the only role for the state that they considered to be legitimate was the law courts for the upholding of private contracts. And that was it. Oh, and a standing army and I think yeah. a, a a police force. But if you had one that was respected and you had a decent society, that, that would work. Um, but I'm not sure exactly how anarcho-capitalist Javier Malay is when it comes to now, when he's now a leader of the state, but I guess we'll find out over time. Um, so much of what he says is really, really good, uh, even just to see Argentinians vote for someone who is so anti the whole Perón leftist legacy. And the way he comes across, you know, he's quite 
intense. So oh my goodness, they must be I on mean, for a big change. Did you see I, the Tucker Carlson interview with him? And and as as he was talking about uh, socialism, I was thinking about New Zealand. And you can just think tick tick tick. He's, yeah. He was asked why um, socialist buildings are so ugly. And he just launched into this excoriation of, of socialism. He said, leftist values are envy, hatred, resentment, unequal treatment under the law, and violence. All that socialist altruism ends up doing is contaminating the system with incentives that generate poverty. Everywhere and always, socialism is a violent, murderous, and impoverishing phenomenon. Those are the characteristics of socialism. Yeah, but- yeah. Yeah. Then he then Tucker asked him, you know, well, we're going socialist. Socialist, you know, what, what would your advice be for Americans? And this could be for New Zealanders. He said, never embrace the ideals of socialism. Never allow yourself to be seduced by the siren song of social justice. Don't get caught up in that terrible concept that where there is a need, there is a right. But that can't happen on its own. We have to be prepared for this and wage a cultural war every single day. Yep. And we have to be careful because they have no problem getting inside the state, seducing the artists, seducing the culture, seducing the media, or meddling in educational content. You need to be very careful, cut off their funding, and force them into a fair fight. Well, that's, that's so well said. And, and also part of that is where you started off from, Marty, is that it results in a culture with absolutely no beauty. Yeah. In architecture, in the way women dress. Because the love is not there, you see. There's no, the, the love goes. That's my truth and beauty. It's value that goes. Truth and beauty. Truth and beauty and values completely die in those cultures. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just so glad to hear this rhetoric, these narratives now in play with some of these world leaders. And of course, Gert Wilders, who's yeah. just won a stunning election in Holland is in a similar vein, although uh, Gerda's not quite as crazy as the Argentine, but... <laughs> I suppose they haven't been pushed as far. Gert Wilders has been a personal hero of mine for as long as I can remember. Um, he's just won 37 seats with his uh, Party for Freedom, the PVV, um, now in the Dutch States General, which is their lower chamber, because um, they've got a Senate as well as a House of Representatives. It is an absolutely epic win, and tomorrow the negotiations will begin. So he's going to have to do a deal with with one All of the, the other, other conservative yeah. parties. Yeah, and yeah. everyone's pretty much said we will not work with Gert Wilders. Well, so there was this a hilarious be- thing where um, the uh, VVD leader, which formerly had the highest number of seats, the uh, their leader Dilan Yesil Goz Zegarias said, "I'm not going to work with him." Basically, Could you say that I'm- again, please. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Yesil Goz Zegarias. I'm not going to do that. Prime Minister Wilders would not be good for this country. This country needs a leader who can connect. Turkish-born Yesil Goz Zegarias said. Ah. Okay. Well done. Um, but also remember Terry Bourdais. It didn't Bourdais. sound like a Dutch name. That's it, yeah. No, no, definitely not a no. Dutch name. But, you know, uh, like the, the, the amount of rape in European con- uh, countries is in lockstep with the rate of Muslim er- immigration. Immigration totally. Poland's currently fourth. Um, oh, that's, that's shocking. And, and, and if that- that's not enough to piss people off and and – get them demanding change, then you have to wonder, well, what is? Especially the Dutch. They're such fine people. Some yeah. of the best immigrants New Zealand ever had. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, they're Just great consistently. people. 
build the I dairy love, industry. I love the and Dutch, Dutch because, farmers. Yeah, the Dutch farmers, and they really understand capitalism. They had capitalism before America had capitalism. Tulips. Yeah, from well, that, that certainly helped. Well, the but first they just big understand crash, money, right? They get money. Oh yeah, great business. Phillips, Shell, KLM. Though the French own that now. Also, it was just going back to um, before, well, when America was fighting its revolution, John Adams got sent cap in hand to the Dutch to ask for money to fund the revolution in America. And, um, of course, the Dutch are really tough negotiators as well. But he, in the end, he got his money as soon as they, it looked like they were going to win the Revolutionary War. The Dutch invested in America. Um, really, really funny scene in that in um the series Adams, you know, the HBO series. It's so good. But Wilders is, Wilders, I should say, Geert Wilders, uh, he's totally pro the Dutch farmers. They could not get a better advocate. Yeah. Uh, uh, he is anti the World Economic Forum, hates the WHO, hates the UN, hates, hates the, the who. EU, hates the WHO, hates the EU, and all the supranational bodies who seek to make Holland a vassal state. Um, he has already been congratulated by Viktor Orban from Hungary, which is a great sign. <laughs> yeah, what a guy. Uh, mm. Yeah, and, oh, and Terry Bourdais. Remember Chantal Baker interviewed Terry? Great interview right back at the beginning of RCR. Um, one of Chantal's best, I thought. And, and she was with him face-to-face, which made it even better. And um, he is a brilliant philosophical thinker and historical thinker as well so his party is pvf or something uh, the, the something for democ forum for democracy that's that's his party but and i think they got three seats in this election so they'll be a coalition partner yeah all right um, and he got bottled in the head two days ago poor oh, old terry gee. okay so let's get on to possibly the last um topic here and that is it's finally here, it seems, ceasefire in Israel, Gaza, or in Gaza, to do prisoner swaps. Though we've heard in the news this morning that there might be some delay, a day or two in that. I think the ratio is 150 um, from the Israeli side, women and children in Israeli prisons for 50 of the hostages in there, what, about four days to do that. And there's a mechanism for extending that, depending on, on how those exchanges go. Um, well, so they so it's it's sixty hostages now that um, Israel are getting. Oh, for that one fifty. Yeah. Okay. And, well, um, remember one of those women and children. Pardon. Just women and children. Mostly, mostly women and children. But remember, there were. Um, I think it's women and children on the Israeli side, but I, I didn't see. Oh no, that. there's a hundred. Yeah, hundred and fifty Palestinian prisons prisoners who are women. Yeah, and children. Um, and yeah, for a five days of ceasefire, but um, and Qatar has been Qatar has been the mediator. The Qatar like, deal. So ironic, considering Hamas leaders live there, living the high life between there and Turkey. Uh, Netanyahu has had a lot of resistance from the right wing in Israel, who are people like Naftali Bennett, um, who are more right wing, and they. They didn't want – well, they don't believe in negotiating with um, terrorists and, you know, there's good logic for that. But he's gone ahead with it anyway um, and his cabinet are 100% on board with the whole – Well, the prisoner. Americans must have leaned on them. Well, I don't know. I don't 
I don't. It's really hard to talk well, about America at the, the moment. moment. Democratic Party faces a meltdown of support if they don't do this. Well, I mean, the it's the right thing to do. You, the whole world should have only be yelling only one thing, and that's release the hostages. Taking hostages is a war crime under human rights, um, international human rights. And but if you said that the uh, women and children in the Israeli prison, is, if, you saw, if you saw them as hostages, you'd see an, an, an equivalence there. So it just depends on They're not hostages. What. They, they, they are terrorist operatives, and that's why they're held in an Israeli well, so, prison. So it's so. said you've got to believe what you're told. To know, to think that, and who knows these days, you know. Well, you just got to read books about people that go there and can can issue these um, stories firsthand. People like Musa. Um, so all those prisoners, Hassan women and children, are he is Palestinian. Paul. They're all they're all terrorists, are they? They're, they're terrorists. I mean, do you? Okay. Th- there are women, women jihadists. Are no, I absolute. know that. I'm aware of that. But um, okay. Well, but Israel's this, got a whole lot in prison. This could and- have been done ahead of time. They could have done the prisoner swap and the um, the hostage swap before they went in there. What and, would what uh, would have brought Hamas to and, the negotiating lot, table? On and a that? lot of well, I don't know how much of a negotiating table there is in the big picture of that. This is one thing. But no, the only a lot reason. Of, Probably quite a few of the hostages would still be alive is the point I'm going to make. Well, we don't know who's dead and who's not, and we know a lot of them have been murdered, or some of them have been murdered. But why Hamas is not going to come to the negotiating table. It's only seeing their cities bombed and everything bombed and people having to leave They knew that was going to happen. They knew that was going to happen. They did that, so they've got what they wanted. So why did they want that? Well, because they're a death cult. Do you think they want okay. to live life like we do? Death cults don't. They love violence. They love hate. They love fighting. They love butchery. That's what death cults are. And Hamas are a death cult. Everyone get that through your thick heads. Yeah, well, I I agree with that, and I understand that. I enjoyed Naomi Wolf's um, comment on your interview. It was a couple of weeks back where she mm. was uh, – You, I think you asked her – uh, what what people in countries like New Zealand should do. And she said, just stop paying so much attention That's to That's exactly it. what she said. Worry about what's going on in your own backyard. So this is where, I mean, the thing that's bothered me most about the whole thing, although obviously it really bothers me seeing kids and people just all because the death toll i think is over thirteen thousand now no fourteen thousand one hundred wait on five thousand six hundred children three thousand five hundred and fifty women not to mention the men injured at least thirty three thousand the mode they're now in a war the most most common number i think is five in in uh in gaza and yeah there's the human shield thing but i guess with all the protests here the question is well where were you when Saudi Arabia killed about 400,000 uh, women, children, uh, innocent people in Yemen? It just it barely no, made well, a they, they are The Houthis are Iranian-based, and they do commit yeah, acts I, of terrorism on Saudi all the time. Yeah, you being know? told who, who to feel a certain way about. Well, I agree I, with I, you. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to... What, Okay, do? so you, you guys, know, you, you guys sound. I've had a lot of these conversations for twenty years, and all I can say is that I'm talking to people who are a little confused about the issue, about where to come down. I mean, where to come down, and I understand it's complicated, right? I know where to come down, Olivia. Like, and what I've said is, if one side renounced violence, there'd be peace. If the other side renounced violence, there'd be genocide. I, you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on that side. Did right? you hear what Elon Musk said? 
on that Lee uh, Friedman, whatever the guy, Lex Friedman. Lex podcast. Friedman? Did you hear what he I said? I didn't. No, I he didn't. He said if he was Netanyahu, he would do the most awesome, um, how did he describe it, uh, um, goodwill, you know? Now, what does that mean? Well, build a new hospital, bring in all the medical facilities, you know, acts of love and goodwill is what he needed to. That's Elon Musk saying mm. that. No, but do you know that, I mean, Hamas and that so he, He's wrong, gut, right? Gut, so well, you know more than him, right? Gut, well, I, I, no, I, I don't know anything about space rockets, but I do know about politics and culture mm-hmm. and history. Um, so, Acts if, of kindness, that's what he said, epic acts of no, kindness. No, but do you understand that Hamas functions on aid? And aid is acts of kindness from around the world. Where you I don't think he was survival. talking about just giving them money. And yes, I am aware of that. So, yeah. Israel built those hospitals that yeah. are now being bombed. Okay. That's Israel right. built them. Yeah. And yeah. and Indonesia built one. I mean, they've come from aid. The whole of Gaza the and the yeah. West Bank run on aid. That yeah. is acts of kindness. How long do you want to keep this thing going? When they, when, well, when Israel hot- took the bait. See, this is what, you can't ignore this. They wanted Israel to respond in this way. They got what they wanted. Dumb Israel. Yeah, unfortunately, the way Israel is responding does uh, line up with quite a few of the uh, the things of, of, of uh, genocide or ethnic cleansing. No, it doesn't. It is not a genocide it's not a genocide. Let's say ethnic cleansing. Then. They 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 have fifteen children, and their population has grown and grown and grown to be five million. That is not a genus a, a country under risk of genocide. They have, you know, they're not. It's not, not that it's a risk, but but there is that. And and again, I'm not wanting to come down on one side or the other here, Olivia. I, I think it's all ghastly. I think, as I said, I think one side is, is ghastlier than the other. But, you know, you've got two <clears throat> people with some annoying cultural characteristics. No, there's, you, you're, in, in, in order to not do a moral equivalence, Marty, you're going to end up doing a moral equivalence. Just just understand that. And that's okay because most of the world will do that. Um, America, you watch, America will not support Israel uh Blinken's aid is a dual citizen of both countries. I know that, but you wait. The way that Israel will, uh, America will end up not supporting Israel is that they will push for a two-state solution. Yeah, well, and a two-state solution will mean the end of the Israeli state. Well, Hamas. That's why Israel's now have got that on the map, right? So they have achieved that. They've achieved. They have got the two-state solution kind of being talked about and and heading in that direction. This is the trap that Israel possibly fell into on that day. I don't think they've I don't think they've fallen into a trap. I I have listened to commentary from people like Colonel Douglas McGregor, who Mm -hmm. have said from the beginning that Israel is thinking emotionally and not objectively. And in that way they they will I've heard all that. It's the stuff that's always said when the Jews respond with passion they always get the same um, narrative coming at them. You've got to not be emotional. It's like they have over 200 hostages. Well, that goes for anyone, by those, Olivia. By those Acting cut- with emotion, over hyper-emotion is not a good move, usually. 
Well, I mean, sure, you've got a temporary. You've got a. You can't let it cloud. You can't let it dominate your thinking. But you've mm. got to factor it into your thinking. Look, ask me. I'm a woman. We have to get used to this all the time because we, you know, see everything through an emotional filter. You do have to be sensible and bracket things and uh, to take on objective thought in a way that I think men find more natural. But, you know, it can be done, and Israel's pretty good at it. And this is not their first rodeo, is it? <laughs> you know, um, to use a yeah. terrible cliche at the moment. But uh, I think that here's the thing, is that everything Hamas did was a war crime, from massacring innocent civilians to torturing them to the rape and the abduction of hostages, um, including disabled people, babies, and the elderly. Yeah, even, I, I, I know the list. Finish. Let the me list. finish. The list. Even it's an emotional this, list. Okay. No, it's not an emotional list, Paul. It's real. That's well, actually real what it? they're holding. How real? Got a there, there's information that contradicts that. Um, it's it's blurry. So let's. Except it would only be blurry. an emotional appeal if that was the absolute totality of my argument, and it's mm. not. I'm just pointing that well, those out. Those are the that, hot that, buttons. That is, yeah, they they are holding that. But here's the thing: is that Amnesty International, who you know try pretty hard to be objective wherever they can, and they massively sway to the left. I'll point out. Mm. Um, you know, they have made this point. Um, go to their website if you doubt me. Um, that everything Hamas have done has been war crimes. And they're not commenting on whether Israel has the right to respond or not. They're pointing out that everything Hamas did was a war crime. And yeah. I think that's the point I want people to absorb we could probably, before they go finger-pointing. We could probably agree on that, that, that it looks like it It probably yeah, is. Yeah, it? There's no defense of Hamas or... or, or um, but it's the response that... Do you understand that you're defending them when ill thought out? That you are defending them. You're defending them by a default. You've got to serve it up cold. So, what point would it not be defending them? What would they have to do? How ghastly would it have to be before you said, "Well, steady on, ease off, ease off." I I don't know. Do you want to put a death count on on any war? They are now at war. Even Naomi Wolf said in her interview with Paul, which I thought was, you know, pretty light on her behalf, and she's always lacked courage. Very challenging. That's why. It's very challenging. She's always lacked courage on calling out Islamic atrocities. That's been her pattern for 20 years. I've read her books. And um, and that's why she was the darling of left so long. So so, so long. And I, I love everything she says. Um, okay. In many ways, but on this, um, she's going to be wobbly, and people are wobbly. Okay, and so just... you're Israel. You're Israel, um, Olivia. How far do you go? They are now in a war, and they've yeah, stated their goal. Yeah, no. How far goal. do you go? How far? Well, they've stated their goal, and their goal is to completely eradicate Hamas, uh, Hamas as a political and a military entity. Okay, so what does that actually mean on the ground? It means evacuating the citizens out, which they're doing. Yep. Right. And trying to protect them as much as possible, citizens. which they're doing. Yep. Hoping they'll be either put in a camp somewhere or taken by their Muslim brethren who Hoping. live in 50 other countries and absolutely eradicating those tunnel networks, which is going to be a bombing of the city. It's a war that is different than a genocide. Or are you going to ac- accuse are you going to say that every war... So it's a Dresden well, sort of you, moment. You can go on yeah, what some of the Israeli leaders have said. You know, they've said every everyone in there is a Nazi. Um, they've said a lot of dehumanizing things. And, and I, I get it. You know, it's like saying, I don't want there to be a death penalty. 
but then if someone kills your kid, yeah, I, yeah, there's a death bad. penalty. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's whether it's uh, by the state or I, have, I, have yeah, you seen I, the women celebrating their sons? Yeah. Yeah, Mart- it's awful. G- giving themselves it's over disgusting. to Martin. Aware of all of that. I, I can Aware tell you, no that. Israeli parent feels like that about their son, Marty. Well, right? uh, you know, that's that's what I said before. If one we don't side, do martyrdom, we do life. If one side renounced yeah, so violence, them. there'd be peace. <laughs> if the other side renounced violence, there'd be genocide. I, so, okay, I, we'll see. I think if Elon Musk got his way, it probably would would be a good and remember too, I mean, you know, talking about things that are local or overseas or, you know, um, Naomi saying, oh, you know, focus on your own country, don't get drawn into this. this that's that's just bullshit, ridiculous speech. No, wait on. There was but, a no, 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 on let that. me finish. She, she we we have already the, had, we've already the had propaganda the propaganda porn that went with it. I think she was kind of talking about that. Well, okay, but who's to say what's propaganda and what's not? But the point is, is it's like this. We have already had the Islamic Atrocity Federation porn. in New Zealand paying for the Israeli ambassador to be expelled. This I've said from the beginning this is going to split the world. And it will. And we and, and you're going to have to come down. Another on, reason Israel um, possibly fell into a trap. Thanks so much for getting it wrong. Now we've got problems in our own country. Wow, you're really quick to like hold them to a perfect standard. No, no, whilst no. Everyone I, around them. I, I think you play a longer game actually and um you know and sure they've got their interests to look out for but you've got to be smart i i i don't know paul i just we we new zealand doesn't have this problem where people can come across our border borders and take our people and uh, mutilate them and rape them and murder them and we have to sit here and what have a nice subjective conversation with no feelings involved and strategize never as if you're perfect or a saint never said, or something. No, I never said that. Never said that. I'm not saying that. It's, Come on. It's, these are people with a genocide and living memory. All their children and grandchildren have grown up on the oh, stories so of what happened then. in the Holocaust. You're Come really on. making a case for it. Well, because because they really did dis- they really are the victims of a Holocaust and a real genocide. And now that they're hypervigilant, people blame them for it. I don't understand that. Well, they weren't hypervigilant because they they were napping. They had a breach in their intelligence, same as they did before the Yom Kippur Women soldiers War, told them because two they're days not ago. perfect. They didn't listen to their female soldiers, it turns out. Well, that might they're be true. Do you, I mean, the internal factions of Israeli, Israel's government and the people that are trying to put um, Netanyahu in prison, just like they're trying to put Trump in prison in America, very similar. The internal factions in there are massive. It's like it would be like having the Democratic Party on steroids um, tr- and, and Net- Netanyahu's got to get perfect information. You know there must be some kind of sabotage involved in that, well, given how well politics so goes. To, to leap in on the basis of the information we've got and uh, import the problem here. And it's really concerned me the way particularly the left has jumped all over the Hamas side. I think totally that's, uncritically, that's, I completely agree with you. It's it's dumb and dumber again. You know, well, doesn't yeah. that give you chills though? That- it worries me, yeah. Yeah. It does. For sure. If Israel but, but- hadn't been so emotionally re- responsive to that, maybe we wouldn't have the heat that we've got right now. I think you'll find that their war is actually a lot more targeted and objective than you give it credit for. I don't know They're how not... you could do that in such a small, densely populated place. Do you remember the whole the buildings fall, fall the down, week to you know, 10 days before they lifted a finger? There was a lot of conversations in that cabinet around that time. I yeah, mean, okay. they didn't go running in there the next day or the day after or the day after or the day after or the day after. Well, you can't do it that quick anyway. They the logistics involved are just... Uh, 
not possible. I see Ukrainians. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I, think- I, admire, I admire many things about Israel. You know, I, I, I think it's, it's a great country. It is, it is a democracy in the Middle East, and as such, it's something of a beacon of light. And I acknowledge that uh, Islam has a priority to get rid of the Jewish people. It, 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 Same. it says it yeah. in, not the, good. The, in the instruction manual. So I'm, I'm not being naive about any of that. But you I mean think, Hamas has an um, instruction manual to get rid of Jewish people? No, I, I'm talking about uh, the Quran. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A holy here, book. Here is a Jew behind me. Every rock will cry, kill him. You know, I mean, there is there is that stuff. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, okay. Well, the, the funny, are we are we nearly done, Paul? I'm just yeah. looking at the we time. we come up on time? Yeah. I, I was just going to say um, the one that, um, and I read his book years ago, but Mossab Hassan Youssef, who is the, you know, the son of the. So, um, son of Hamas, yep. Son of Hamas, yeah, and um, his father is Sheikh Hassan Youssef, um, one of the main Hamas founders and stuff. So it's been really interesting. But you know the way he was flipped by Shinbet to the he became the most important asset in um, um, the fight in Gaza um, amongst the terrorists there, and he was a very good one. But he ended up um, converting to Christianity. Because the sentence that just stayed with him was when he heard Christ's ex, uh, Jesus's exhortation to love your enemies, hmm. um, and he it just he stayed with them and it, it stayed with him because he thought it was the stupidest thing he'd ever heard, hmm. and um, he was a Muslim at the time, but he thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard was you know this love your enemies and um, bless those who persecute you type thing, but it sat with him and ate him, you know, and eventually he thought he saw its beauty uh, toward a better world. And, of course, Jesus was talking to a context at the time, living under Roman occupation, as Jews were then. Um, And that idea was just so absolutely foreign to the Islamic mind. Um, not, Not all the Islamic mind, of course. It's especially the jihadists that have really taken over that religion, which is tragic for the actual peace-loving Muslims, but they don't have that in their instruction manual to love your enemies. Hmm, okay. Well, we you know we can talk about these things. It's all right, and we just have. Um, well, well done, sure, guys, because I'm always up for it. But um... and I'm sure people will have views on what they've just heard, <laughs> and and we'll hear about them. But you know, all sides and 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 but we just do reiterate, that. yeah, the, the the tragedy. I mean, it it, it obviously affects me and it affects you like it affects everyone else seeing you know injured children and dead babies it's uh nests are not so wanly waxen as wh Auden said about bombing casualties in spain um it's it's awful and i my my priority always is watching where those parallels appear here and prioritizing yeah diffusing them all right should we um should we draw a line under our program right here to this Friday morning. Indeed. And that certainly got um, generated some thinking and there's like doing a, a physical workout, I, I thought, you know. <laughs> so I want to thank Marty Gibson for coming in. Thank you, Marty. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Olivia. And Olivia. Thank you, Olivia. Uh, thank you, fellas, both of you. And we'll do it all again in about a week's time. How about that? In- indeed. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.